G'day guys, this is now video number three in our series on breaking pornographic habits and sexual sin. Well, g'day gentlemen and anybody else who has tuned into this in order to find help in breaking habits and addictions and sinful uh, cycles of pornographic use. We have been reading the Bible, applying the Bible, and remembering the foundational principles that need to be at play in our heart before we're able to walk forward into a, a liberated, pure, holy, spiritual, manly uh, lifestyle going forwards. We've uh, covered those in two of the prior videos, and now in today, video number three, I want to go to a foundational text for putting sin to death in the New Testament, and that is Romans 8, verse 11 through to 13. So you can turn there now. This book was, uh, sorry, this text was taken as a uh, foundational text to an amazing book by a Puritan by the name of John Owen. He took these verses and in Puritan style, he just drilled deeper, deeper, deeper into uh, the, the meaning of each word, each phrase, each sentence, applying it to the Christian life. The book is called Mortification of Sin in Believers. It has a, a larger Puritan uh, title as well, but that's the main title. And in it, John Owen shows how people can be putting sin to death in their lives from these texts. If you have uh, the ability to download audiobooks, which all of us do, I would encourage you to do that. If you have the ability to uh, buy and read that book from a uh Christian bookstore, I encourage you to do that. There are free PDF or ebook versions online, uh, which I can put some links to down the bottom. If this becomes a book that you go back to every now and then, and that you read maybe even sections for your uh, devotional time in the mornings, or you might read it with some of your mates, or you might make it um, uh, uh, something that you listen to every few months, if you have the audiobook, you'll be greatly blessed and greatly strengthened in your fight against sin. Today, we're going to read Romans 8, 11 through 13 on mortifying sin in the spirit. Verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In this text, Paul is uh, coming off the back of seven great chapters of explaining the ins and outs, the ups and downs of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, and, and so you need to go back and just read those. Uh, uh, scripture needs to be a part of your staple diet in fighting sin, especially pornography. And we're going to have a future video dedicated to that. But today, we're understanding that Romans 8 is the explanation of the promised Holy Spirit's work in our life if we are Christians. And the fact that part of what he does, and so the, uh, part of a large part of what we are expected to do by God, is put sin to death and live to righteousness. Kill sin, cultivate righteousness. That's the Christian life. Romans 8, verses 11 through 12, 
shows us uh, some, fa- uh, some very important foundational principles in this fight. First of all, I need to point out to you that uh, Paul says it is by the Spirit that we put sin to death. If we seek to fight our pornographic addiction or our sexual sin or our lust problems, whatever it is, if you seek to break this habit with your human spirit only, with human wisdom, if you seek to do it even using the Bible but not in a spiritual way, if you seek to do it out of grit and resolve rather than by the Spirit, if you seek to fight this fight relying on yourself, not the strength of the Spirit, then all you're going to produce is more sin. Probably further and more distressing addictions to pornography. But even if you're able to break the cycle of pornography, even that itself will be further sin if it's not done by the Spirit. So it's so foundational, important, and necessary that we understand today what does Paul mean when he says, if by the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the flesh, then you will live. When he says that it is by the Spirit, what he means is according to the Spirit. The Spirit is not something that you, you, you take and you use and put it back somewhere. It's not that by the Spirit we do things and He's external to us. He means that if you fight this fight the way that the Spirit wants you to fight it and relying on the Spirit for strength and for direction, then you will be really putting uh, it to death and able to live putting sin to death and able to live righteously. What we've already covered in the primary in the prior videos is a understanding that it is all about worshiping Jesus, having a new heart and relying on the word of God. That it is all about grace not merit, that we need to have a faith alone imputationist mindset and that we need to have and rely on the Holy Spirit. And all of these come together to be the spiritual way of fighting sin. That when Paul says, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, here in verse uh, 13, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. What he means by by the Spirit is, first of all, by the means of faith alone. To try and earn in your relationship with God some love, some grace, some mercy, some righteousness, some blessings outside of faith alone that has received the righteousness of Christ, then you're insulting that relationship. You're not relating to God the way he wants to be related to, and you are not uh, walking according to the Spirit. The Spirit works through our faith, not our trusting ourselves. So that's number one. Your faith alone relationship with God through Jesus is the first step of doing this all by the Spirit. Secondly, it's the Christ alone uh, aspect to the gospel, which uh, is by the Spirit in our sanctification. Let me explain. If you are fully relying on Christ alone and his righteousness in your place, if you are fully relying on his penal substitutionary death, where he took the wrath of God so that you don't have any to earn off or any wrath of God to burn off or any condemnation, 
If you remember that, as Romans 8 verse 1 says, there, are, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If that is your mindset, then your growth in holiness is going to be glorifying to God and uplifting the name of Jesus because you will be able to be doing it by the Spirit if you're relying fully on Christ. Thirdly, to be doing it by the Spirit also means that you're putting to death the deeds of the body using the instrument that the Spirit gave you or using the weapon that the Spirit gave you. And that, of course, for us to say, what's the weapon of the Spirit? What's the sword of the Spirit, which is the weapon given to you to slay your sin and kill unrighteousness? I think many of you would re remember Paul's language elsewhere, which calls the Word of God, the Scripture, is the sword of the Spirit. And so when he says, by the Spirit, we are to be putting to death the deeds of the body, the third part of what he means here is, that you are doing it, relying on, being informed by, and studying the Word of God. Again, that's going to take up a whole future video that we will be doing together. So by the Spirit, if you are not doing it by the Spirit, you're not doing it by faith alone, you're not doing it by relying on Christ alone, you're not doing it by the instructions of the Word of God, which is all by the Holy Spirit, if you're not putting to death your pornographic addictions and sins by the Holy Spirit, then it will look like what you'll be doing in place of, let me give you examples, is that you will be doing it trying to earn God's favor. That's not doing it by the Spirit. You will be doing it trying to develop your own righteousness before God. That is not by the Spirit. That won't be putting sin to death. You will be doing it according to man's wisdom, man's therapy, what seems best to you. You'll be neglecting reading the Word of God so that you can simply do other things to fight your habits of pornography. That's not going to be by the Spirit. It will not lead to life and freedom. It will lead to further sin. So my encouragement to you is God's will, God's way. His will is your sanctification, we're told in 1 Thessalonians 4. The will of God for your life is sanctification and holiness. But that comes about God's way. And the way, the road towards sanctification is called by the Spirit. But the, what it looks like is by faith alone in Christ, relying in Jesus' righteousness alone and not your own, and walking according to the Word of God. So that is what he means by, by the Spirit. Your fighting sin needs to be according to those guidelines. Then you can have hope and faith that it is going to be bringing about um, uh, true life-giving sanctification. Let's explain this word mortify. I've been using that word, of course. That's not the word in the, in the uh, ESV that I'm reading here. But this is the word that uh, makes up the title of John Owen's book, Mortification of Sin. Mortification is, is a tricky word for killing, putting something to death. If uh, something is mortal, it means it can, it can die. Uh, if somebody is mortified, they are so surprised, it's, it's as if they just died. If you uh, mortify something, you kill it, you put it to death. So the mortification is the process of putting something to death. And in the uh, language that John Owen would read the Bible, Romans 8 included that word. How to mortify sin. 
he used a uh, uh, frequent phrase which has become quite famous, and it is, be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. Sin is in our body, sin is in our hearts, and if we are not careful and regular and habitual and disciplined and ruthless about cutting out sinful habits, addictions, thought processes, pictures, temptations out of our life, then sin will grow and overtake and kill us. It will bring us into a a deathly form of life and it will bring us to the grave without faith in Christ and will destroy our soul forever. So you can see then why mortifying the flesh, putting to death the deeds of the body is so important. Life and death hang on this. But, but again, what does it mean when we say putting to death the deeds of the body? Uh, uh, putting to death the deeds of the body means stopping doing them, killing them, repenting of them. Uh, it's not enough to be aware that your enemy is, is around. That's not mortifying. It's not enough to know that you're uh, to know all of the details of your enemy and how it gets you and where your weak points are and why it keeps defeating you. That's good. That's not enough. That's not mortifying. It's not enough to feel terrible about the fact that your sin is overtaking you and, and controlling your life. That's not enough. It's good that you come to that realization, but that's not enough. You're not mortifying it. It's not enough to put it away for a time and then it comes back and gets you because you didn't really deal with it. That's not mortifying. To mortify sin is to put it to death. And the weaponry that we've been given to put sin to death, to kill it in the streets wherever it is found, to spill its blood and to spread its bellies and guts all over the floor, the tool for that is the Word of God, the sword. So that our fight against the flesh Our fight against sin needs to be by the Spirit, with the Word of God, putting to death those patterns and habits in our life that are sinful. So we need to truly and genuinely repent of them. Repentance does not mean simply feeling bad for having conviction about or weeping and wailing. Judas himself shows us that feeling terrible for, crying, expressing that, and even being driven to the end of suicide because of how guilty you feel over sin, is not biblical repentance. Biblical repentance entails bringing this sin to my realization, bringing this sin to God, who already realizes it, committing to changing, and then by the Spirit, putting practice in so that your life looks different, turning around your practice by first turning around your state of mind is the biblical picture of repentance. We cannot say that we are in a process of repentance. We cannot say that we are doing repentance if we are not bearing fruit, if we are not bringing holiness truly to bear in our life. And of course, the the consequences of this are eternal. Romans 8, in the chapter that Paul is going to explain in verse 28 to 38, um, he's going to explain the fact that there is nothing, there is nothing that separates us from the love of God if we're in Christ. There's nothing that is able to snatch us out of God's hands. We are 
permanently saved and fixed for eternity if we have had faith in Jesus. We've been unified to him. We can't lose our salvation. No true Christian loses their salvation. And yet, apparent Christians, people we think are Christians, people who you might think you are a Christian, you are able to fall away because you're not truly united to Jesus Christ. You're not truly adopted. You don't truly have the Holy Spirit. What Paul is getting at in these fearful verses is that if you do not, by the Spirit who is in you, bring about the righteousness of his commands in your life by killing the sin that is in your life, if you don't do that, that will bring about death in your life, spiritual weakness, walking away from the faith, and you will not have eternal life you'll prove that you were never actually saved to begin with. Because one of the marks of those born again and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and filled with his spirit is that we bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So let me read verse 13 again. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. There's no room there to say, well, what if I'm a Christian walking according to the flesh? What if I'm a son of God walking according to the flesh? What if I'm a born-again person walking according to the flesh? What if I'm a spirit-filled person walking according to the flesh? What if I'm somebody who's had faith and I'm walking according to the flesh? No, Paul is making a distinction. If you are those things, you will not be somebody who walks according to the flesh for very long. You will, by the Spirit, be enabled to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And then, he says, in that order but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live this is not undoing our prior session on grace not merit this is not undoing our, our prior video on imputation the fact that it's Christ's righteousness that saves us not our own Paul is not saying if you earn and maintain a standard then God will keep you saved he's not saying that he's saying that the results of salvation from God, the results of our being justified, the results of having God and his Holy Spirit in our lives is a progression forwards to holiness. And if in our life we are progressing towards more and more sin, we are degrading and downgrading, moving away from the will of God, then that will begin a process of decay that leads to death and eternal destruction in hell that shows we were never truly saved. It shows that we never had the blessing of grace in our life. This is eternal consequences. Let me read it again. For all those who are at home, who struggle with pornography, who continually make excuses for yourself, who claim that you don't have enough uh, strength or that you can't do this or this is not your fault or there's always an excuse, hear this fearful warning from Paul. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You will find yourself in eternal life if the Holy Spirit has come to you. And if the Holy Spirit has come to you, you will live holy lives. Therefore, if you do not live a progressively holy life that is growing in the likeness of Jesus, you are not headed towards eternal life. You will not live. I want to finish, though, with the glorious promise of verse 11, which we read at the beginning and haven't come back to yet. 
the glorious promise goes like this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Paul kind of repeats himself in a couple of layers there. He's saying, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, well, who rose Jesus from the dead? That was the father. The father rose Jesus from the dead. And Paul is saying, if the spirit of the father dwells in you, and he's the father who's risen the dead to life, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also be able to give life to your death. If God the Father, by the Spirit, can bring up Jesus from the dead, the deadest death that has ever been died. Jesus was buried under the wrath of God for millions and billions of sinners. If that dead man can come back to life by the power of God in the Spirit, then that Spirit given to you and me can bring about the same amount of power and resurrection life that changes us from being dead to being alive, living in sin to living in righteousness, living by the flesh to living by the Spirit. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. He is able to bring you to a whole lifestyle, to a whole practice, habit, holiness that you cannot even imagine at the moment. There is a potential version of you. If you believe the word of God and by the spirit mortify your sin, if you have faith in Jesus, if you trust him alone, there is a future potential version of you that is walking in holiness, loving a wife well, not degrading yourself or other people or women or young girls through a sexualized mindset developed by pornography. There is a promise here in scripture. The spirit can do it. If you have faith, you are not hopeless and helpless. You're not allowed to, to cry and say that you're just so weak you can't do it. If the spirit is in you, you can do it by the spirit. It will not be your strength. It will be the spirit's strength. But it's the spirit's strength in you. You can walk in holiness, purity, and godliness as a man who has taken self-control because the Spirit is given control. Tune in for the next video as we continue to uh, uncover the necessary principles for our heart and mind around breaking pornographic sin.